payroll is way more important than sending people money or presenting a payslip. The reason why I say this is that often when we're just on the inside of things and just heads down doing our work, you forget that that's how people live. Like if you miss a calculation, if you fail to pay someone, if something is wrong, that person may not have enough money to feed their family or pay the mortgage or pay their taxes. It's very easy for you to forget. So it's, it's a lot of responsibility. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, and we are specialist global payroll recruiters. Now, today I am super excited because I am welcoming Marcelo Lebra, the COO and co-founder of Remote.com. Now, Marcelo was previously VP of Engineering at Yunbabel and has held several CTO positions. He frequently speaks at events about leadership and managing remote teams, and he's also a startup advisor and mentor to entrepreneurs. Now, a passionate engineer, a proud dad like myself, and sci-fi nerd, Marcelo loves building products, scaling architectures, and bringing people together to build extraordinary things. And you're going to find out all about that during this show, because for those not yet familiar with Remote, the business he did co-found in 2019 with CEO Job van der Voort, then you're going to really discover all about these extraordinary things today, because Remote are a business that helps simplify how companies employ global talent. They've done that by opening up the world of work for every person, business, and country. Recently in 2021, following a $150 million funding round, the business was valued at over $1 billion. And the business continues to evolve. And one of these evolutions has seen Remote start to take care of global payroll, benefits, compliance, and taxes. You can see the relevancy here now, guys. We're going to be talking about global payroll, remote workforces, and most importantly, I guess, Remote are a business that continue to help and support companies so they can focus on their most important asset. You guessed it, their people. So without further ado, welcome Marcelo to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today? Thanks, Nick. Feeling good. Happy to good. be here. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to start with my first question. So I'm going to ask all my guests, which is this. What does the word payroll mean to you? If, if I had to sum it up in one single word, it's livelihood, like life. Not in the sense of generating it, of course, but uh, supporting it. 99% of the people in the world work for a living and you need to put foot on the table. The only sure. way you can do that is if you are properly paid. And if you get a stable payroll process, that's what it means to me. Fantastic. Excellent. Now, we know that managing global payroll isn't easy, even for the most experienced of businesses. So I'd love to know a little bit about perhaps some of the pressing issues that you've uncovered, discovered, that multinational organizations are facing at the moment when it comes to global payroll operations? Yeah, so the one thing that oppressed me in my career from CTO, just someone that an engineer working and diving in technology, more into the operational world, was the fact that as we started growing remote, like from day one, I think even before we started, we had so many customers and demand more than we could meet in terms of offer and, and service. And this feeling hasn't gone anywhere. We're now a thousand people all across the world, no single office in about 70 countries, uh, give or take, 
we add a new country every a few weeks. <laughs> and the reason why we created remote was because we wanted to solve something that was fundamentally a massive problem for a lot of companies and a lot of people. Like opportunities were not everywhere. Talent was. Yeah. And so essentially you wanted to mix and create an homogeneous band of opportunity around the world. And that can only be done if you balance out the scales, right? If you make sure that everyone has access to everything and that it's not just the central hubs in the main countries, the main cities. And my biggest pinpoint was realizing that to do this, we had to do everything from the ground up, not using third parties or yeah. using other companies as support, mainly EOR companies, employer of record, because we knew that by doing that, we would not be different. We would just be scaling on the back of other incumbent companies. And then you can build a very good, big business, very successful. All of our competitors do that. It's very good. Like it, They are very successful businesses. I'm very happy for them <laughs> and for the people that they help employ around the world because that's the, the main mission. But the truth here is that you're not doing anything different. Payroll in itself is probably the same process for the last 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, sure. where you get your money and note in the end of the back of the envelope. Here's what you did. Here's your money. Now, it became fancier as time progressed. Now you have an email with a payslip and, you know, all your deductions are, are done automatically through banks and stuff. But it's fundamentally the same thing, right? It is the same almost outdated process. And as you put together all these different countries within one single roof and make it scale and offer this to all people around the world, companies, people, employees, employers, and then you realize that people don't get it. People never get it. And a lot of people we employ in all the countries we employ in, all these 70 countries, when they look at their payslip, they're often not from the country they're working at. Sure. And so the first thing that goes through their minds is, what the hell is this? Uh, often is not even, can not be in the same language. Yeah. Countries like Portugal, we do 14 months a year. Uh, so the first thing is, what? Why? <laughs> is this like a, I don't know, a different calendar or something? And, and so you realize that this needs a fundamental rebrand and refurbish, right? The functions are fine. Like the way you do it and the way that most countries operate, some are very efficient, others quite the opposite. Uh, many countries are super manual, um, yeah. super outdated, very troublesome, very bureaucratic. Now, imagine you're a company and you want to employ around the world rather than just hire in, in San Francisco, New York, London, you know, Paris. You want to you wanna hire across the world. Hire the best person for that job for whatever money you can pay. And this person happens to be in a country you don't really uh, know anything about. Like in, and so you have to, you come to remote and you can easily employ that person. Now, if we were to pass along all our struggles or the details of creating a payslip for that person, right? You their person on social security. I think companies would go crazy immediately. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why only a handful of companies are really global. 
It's because it's a feat on its own. It, it requires a department, massive departments on its own. Like the biggest multinational global companies, they have massive departments just to handle this. And so what I realized is that I was getting very frustrated, not just as co-founder and CTO, but as a Portuguese person that has to deal and understand what other payslips look like and how it functions. And so I decided to know, you know, I, I'm a very anxious person. And so either anxiety is a super problem or a superpower. So I decided to make it a superpower and I, and I, I pushed it into, now I'm going to solve this. My main challenge has been fundamentally, how can I help bring about some change and update to the payroll world? How can I make it easier? How can I make someone just landed in a country get registered immediately in Social yeah. Security throughout, without having to go through all 12 tribulations from Hercules, right? And we've been doing that with all many different kinds of shapes and forms of initiatives, both internal and externally. We work with a lot of entities across the world, governments, associations, and whatnot, to make sure that people realize, because it, it takes a while for people to realize, oh yeah, actually this is, this doesn't really make sense anymore. Yeah. So it's a slow change. It's a very slow change. It's interesting. Um, you say it's a slow change, but your your growth is, has been has been rapid, right? I mean, you've yeah. had significant global growth. And you know, you mentioned earlier that a lot of global health providers exist out there. I know your background is is immersed in tech, and I, which is great because I think the the relationship between technology and payroll is one that's continually evolving and it's evolving at a pace. And I think it's needed to, as you say, as we start to step away from the manual tasks and move towards more automation and and and, and utilizing technology in, in a in smarter, more innovative ways. What was the, the the gap then that you first identified, maybe from a tech standpoint? You, you've kind of identified and discussed some of the gaps that led you to to launching remote from a, from a, from a payroll perspective. But since taking that launch in only 2019, right, it's it's been phenomenal how quickly that business has grown. So why do you think that's been so successful? Because you were just saying then it's it's just going to be a slow uh, mindset shift potentially for people to get to grips with it. But actually, it seems to me from looking at this, the speed that you've grown from 2019, launching, getting, then going through the pandemic, and maybe the pandemic's helped you because obviously we've seen a lot of people now starting to work remotely. And maybe that that concept changes as, as, as changed people's perceptions of how things work. But I'd love to know a little bit more about the gap you identified and I guess the journey that you've been on so far, because it seems to have been a, a very busy and successful ride so far. Yeah, you kind of have different points. I'm going to start with the beginning. So sure. the first one is there's a massive need for this. Like, as I said, talent is all around the world and it's not focused on a few cities. Right? It's literally... 100% distributed. That means that companies often have to do whatever they can to seek the best talent for whatever budget they, they have. Uh, as you said, like a pandemic was a catalyst because it forced not just naysayers, but companies to understand that there's an ROI, significant ROI going remote. And not just that pushed a lot of companies and, and people to work for remote work and remote workers during the pandemic, but coming out of it, or slowly coming out of the of it, they realize there's no going back, and it's yeah. a new mainstream, right? And as I said before, it's a massive endeavor to be able to do global payroll on your own. You have to create entities, do all kinds of registrations, licenses, so on and so forth. It has taken us the better part of three year and a half years to set this up for seventy countries, and we just do that. Like that's the main pain point, let alone now having a, a business on top of that. 
So there is a massive need for it. But companies weren't doing it because it was a very big problem. You would either hire contractors or freelancers and then having to deal with misclassification and things like that when you when you scale appropriately. And then, of course, you can help companies think through it and analyze their uh, uh, approach to that. But you realize that you like the world is fairer when everyone has the same opportunities, same benefits, the same kind of payslip. Now, my biggest challenge coming into this as, as a tech person, as an engineer, was that uh, engineers are way too cater for in this world. If I want an API to scan a receipt, welcome into my office every day, I have. The only thing yeah. I, it's like there's an app for that. There's an API for that. Like literally, I'm 100% sure whatever I want, there's going to be an API for that. Other engineers built it. Uh, in other companies, uh, it's very easy, you know, software. So you can just build it. What I realized is that, well, I want an API to calculate salaries, to process salaries. Well, there isn't one. Okay, so can I get an API? Can I find an API per country? Well, we have a few, but they're not really up to date. Conditions change every year, taxes. Sure. Uh, you don't have it. All right, can you? Can I just do the calculations? Not really, um, but here's an Excel sheet that the gover local government provides you, and you can get some sense out of it. All right, so what about social security? How about uh, deductions? How about taxes? Well, no, you're going to have to do it on your own. What do you mean on my own? Has no one ha gone through it before? Because the thing with engineers is that we're very lazy. Uh, as, a, as a, <laughs> Well, I was speaking to myself, for myself at least. I don't want to repeat myself. I, I don't want to do things twice. I just sure. want to do it once and then reuse it as much as possible. But no. And I was like, uh, so how are companies dealing with it? Well, the problem is that 98% or 99% of the market is local. So there's a bunch of local software that often is crappy. It's so bad. It's it's so horrible. And so you go through all the pain of having to assimilate uh, this manual software that you often can even integrate with it. And even if you can integrate with, it's fundamentally different from the, the country, the neighbor country, sure. right? So it's all this that feels like 20 years ago from for software engineering, right? And the first thing that I felt was, okay, I'm going to have to build it from the ground up and I'm going to have to um, use software that exists because I need to get going. I have a great team of, of payroll specialists that have more than experience dealing with these tools. And we're going to have to work around it to make sure that we absorb all the pain and our customers don't see it, right? That is the secret sauce is that to you, or to most customers, hopefully it feels like magic or it feels like, oh, it just a bill shows up. I pay for it. My employees get paid and get their benefits and that's done. Like, a, But in the back of it, we're working double time to make sure that, you know, we have a sustainable infrastructure that allows us to scale and, and to do things faster and more autonomously. But yeah. none of this exists. Well, very funny, just one last anecdote. One of our investors early on uh, asked, so what do you need you know, to uh, make sure that you're successful? And why is this such a struggle, you know, country by country? And I said, because you don't invest in companies that, that build this kind of stuff, right? And, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity here as well.
Well, actually, that anecdote leads in perfectly to my my next question. Really, my own analogy for payroll would be like they're the, like the domestic in cycling, right? They're they're silent, but they lead, and then you know someone else, HR, whatever, will come and take the glory. And you mentioned there, you don't you want that silence. The magic happens if no one's phoning you. That means it's working smoothly because people only call if their pay is incorrect, and that that's when yeah. the problem starts. The silence is golden in that respect. What I think is really interesting, you've touched on a few things there. Number one is the uh, the enlightenment of the pandemic to realise that these things could be done from remote locations, which is great. And obviously your timing couldn't be better in that regard. And maybe that was part of the timing process, I'm not too sure. But also uh, you mentioned there that your investors right at the end said, well, no one's ever done it before. So you could be the first. Do you think that the pandemic and technology and all these things have kind of collaborated together now to, for the first time, Outside looking in from investors, from entrepreneurs, from C-suite level individuals, are they now looking at the function of payroll differently? Are they, have they they're now starting to appreciate that actually payroll has a real strategic, you know, it's a real strategic asset, has a, has a much more important part to play than just paying employees as it used to be seen. And therefore, companies are looking to invest. People like yourself, and let's be honest with your expertise, you could have probably picked a different business, a different sector to work in and to focus on. But you've chosen payroll here, and not many have done that. But actually, the market opportunities, as you're experiencing, are huge. So I'd love to know, from your point of view, how you've seen that that market shift in both in terms of thoughts and process and in terms of going from a manual to strategic, really. Uh, when there's a will, there's a way. And I believe that the will came from need, right? Uh, a bit upstream to that idiomatic expression, because... Up until now, you always had options, right? You were like, oh, I, I'm either going to employ locally. Yeah. And maybe I can pay the best rates or hire the best people or even have a smaller team just because it's expensive. Or I'm going to hire one, maybe one contractor here and there to cope with all, all, all the things that I need to do. But as the pandemic and this trend that has been, you know, piling up for almost 20 years now on remote work and distributed work, kept pushing now all of a sudden employers have no alternative than to just accept that there's a new reality that if they don't do it they're leaving money on a the table they're not hiring the best people they're not targeting the best um, business and that that is a need because now companies uh, were facing and uh, situating themselves between a rock and a hard place which is i need to go remote i need to go global but i can't do it myself yeah who can help like global payroll can help the theme behind just the payroll aspect of things like because you know with local payroll used to be perceived as well it's just the folks that do the math at the end of the month or yeah. that you know calculate whatever government says that it needs to be calculated and make those deductions and then the focus is on that like okay so but now this is a massive important thing that i have here like why is it the way that it is? And how can I do it better or more distributed? And then people realize, oh, we, you know, hyper-normalized payroll because it's been centuries uh, since it's literally very similar processes. And now we realize we're decades behind. It's still the major lever here. Yeah, it must be hugely exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to champion the profession. You know, it can be such an exciting profession because especially now technology is involved, you know, it does take the, a little bit of HR involved, a little bit of finance. You've got, as you said, the mathematical side. There's now the client facing side of it and tech's now really immersing itself in the industry. The one thing that for the listeners listening out there listening to this now that really appealed to me to approach Marcelo to ask him to be part of the show today 
is I read a headline that said that Remote uh, successfully managed to, through their uh, Series C funding round, over $300 million. And for me, it was a real signal of intent that proved the importance of payroll is really starting to be recognised. I don't think we'd have seen a headline like that 10 years ago. I just don't think it was in people's consciousness to think of investing in payroll and payroll technology in the same way. Has it surprised you? Or maybe not. Maybe you always knew you'd get that kind of level of investment. But, you know, have there been any surprises along the way during this growth phase? So we knew when you're solving a really big problem, really big pain, there's, of course, a very big business behind it. Now, what the thing that I would not be able to say or assume or predict even is how fast it would grow. Right? I knew, like, when we started this at... I remember vividly having this, you know, FaceTime call with my co-founder and saying, you know, this is super exciting. This is massive. Are we both sure we want to tackle? Not that we could, but we knew yeah. we could, but that we want to tackle because it's going to be massive. And I said, like, when did we ever say no to a challenge? Uh, and that was it. And then we started remote. Before the end of 2019, we already had way more customers that we could serve way more. I remember there was a period where we had more than two months of backlogged sales calls. People would uh, get in my DMs to ask for like, oh, I'm just getting an appointment for two months uh, from now. Can I, I don't know, talk to someone like in a few weeks maybe? And because we couldn't hire salespeople fast enough, we had all this demand all of a sudden. And then COVID hit. So it felt more like, you know, surfing a big wave. To us, time wasn't the only thing, like the speed of, it, of scale mm. was the only thing that hit us so fast. Very happy for it, but it does make you grow up a lot faster. In, interestingly, and um, maybe it's unique for yourselves in this growth uh, trajectory, but most companies, and I know this as a recruitment expert, but I've done this for over 20 years, when you get that level of scalability or, or sales, shall we say, that the hardest challenge is, as you mentioned, resourcing for it, because most people will look to resource talent locally. Presumably, although you still would have had challenges just due to the speed of that growth, I imagine, actually, you probably had less pain points, potentially, and I'm, I'm making an assumption here, than other businesses because of your model, which is actually... We need this talent, but we can hire it anywhere in the world. And we're set up to do that. So tell us a little bit about that journey in terms of your, your you're now up to a thousand employees, which since 2019 is phenomenal growth. I have to admit that from all the things that we did, hiring was the easiest part. Okay. Uh, for one, we had a great hiring team, 100%, hands down. Best I've ever worked with. But it also helped that due to the visibility of the company and the fact that we're leaders in the market and the space, we're very public. We're very open with what we do. Everything is on public uh, or in our handbook, which is handbook.remote.com. Everything we do, our processes, our way yeah. of working, it's everything there. We're very fortunate. I, I remember at some point, roughly around October last year or something, we had around 50,000 applications a month. Um, wow. We often had a problem where someone would post a job ad and had to take it down two hours after because we just humanly could not, you know, even if you have the best sourcer, best recruiter, filtering through through things, we often had two, three people looking at the same uh, job ad list of, of applicants. Then you have to pass it along, right? And you have to comb through it and make sure you give people a proper chance. And we always made a point of replying to literally everyone without ex- exception, unless it's a problem. 
and that made it easier, right? Because you had the world to pick from yeah. and a world of talent. And so you get to pick the best people around the world. The kindest, uh, to me, is always a balance of uh, good professionals, good people. I'd rather work with good people and good professionals than, you know, geniuses. So it made it easier to scale in, in that sense. And of course, we had the, the culture infrastructure in place to make it happen with asynchronous work, uh, with all the things documented. Amazing. I know that's obviously with the work that you do, and it's not just payroll, you're, you're helping companies to, to hire talent in these locations as well. You, part of that work did involve remote undertaking a global workforce revolution report. As you said, very transparent. Some of these reports are all available on the, on the website and links, and I'll yeah. share those in the show notes. But within that report, it states that employees today operate under a different set of rules. Their needs and outlooks are changing faster than ever. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about some of the reports and its findings and, and what some of those needs and, and, and changes are. Quite a lot. Uh, now, this report is, is over a year old. We keep updating it. And there's a lot of very interesting stats moving. One of the, the ones that was like the most important that moved all this was the amount of people that began to demand working remotely, right? Yeah, um, yeah we're seeing that as recruiters as well, by the way. We see that every day, for sure. That's why people call it the great resignation. Like even the top paying companies are not paying enough for people to go to the office, to uh, let go of a part of their day or life, to commute for minimum of an hour. This was very aggressive. You know, companies were not ready for it. Companies were used to offer, you know, come into the office, you have ping pong tables and beer and, yeah. you know, arcade machines like the one I have in my, my background and, <laughs> and things like that. And that was enough. You know, it wasn't, the, and the truth was, it, it, re, it revealed itself. It wasn't the reason why people went, went to the office. They went to the office because they had no other alternative. That was it. Or it wasn't mainstream for them to pick. And for some people it was even a bit of, mistrust scenario because you know a company remote don't really meet your colleagues is this a thing is this a scam is it getting professionally catfished and this change was was so drastic that all of a sudden you have people taking you know 40 50 percent pay cuts um, just to move back to their home countries to move inland and, and things like that in in my mind and bit of research, anecdotal research, to be honest, it only compares to the Industrial Revolution, where people took over. And in the same fashion, like um, machines took over at the time, and now people are taking over and dictating what they want yeah. to do with their own time. And we saw many things, it, it's like a, a, almost a domino play, where then companies have to very fastly adapt like, okay, I will support you, but you also want to move to another country? They don't know how to pay people. Uh, they have to resort to companies like Remote. We're here to make it easy, but what does this mean for the company culture? Now people are abroad. Uh, do I also offer health insurance? Do I have to offer health insurance? Are there any other available benefits that people can and, and demand and by the way i was spending i don't know 100k 200k a year or more in an office what do i do with that with that money uh what do i do with the lease what do i do with all the beers in the fridge uh, <laughs> people didn't take you know and then all this started changing and generating 
real estate changes, people coming out of the, the yeah. center of the cities and moving to places with better quality of life and demanding more from the, the locations they live in now, like restaurants and, and, and shops and doing a lot of renovating. There were many stores that sell like things like, you know, garden uh, furniture that went completely out of stock because all of a sudden there's so many people enjoying the sun and yeah. working outside these small things that change so many so so much of it all of a sudden people start taking the control of their relationship it is not just one-sided where the employer dictates 90 percent of it but you start seeing other things like a more balanced salary ranges more equal opportunities less discrimination because you know if you're not in the office and if i'm in a call with my boss and my boss starts to you know be an ass and what i can do is i my nod i close the zoom call 20 minutes later i have a, a zoom call with a, on an interview with yeah. a new company right like that is that is fundamentally a, a, a huge change people you know do going to an interview had to make an excuse sometimes you know put on a I shirt and then go to yeah. the office and people are making fun because you're wearing a shirt you're going to an interview stuff like that you know all this is not just you know assume this part of life and if you want to move you move and people are demanding for great work conditions to being treated fairly and equally and that in itself without having to talk about you know the flexibility of, of working schedules or unlimited time off and diversity and whatnot, all this, it, it's like a domino play and it keeps on going. And I think it will keep on going for a really long while. We'll, we're still, I believe, remote work is the first step into the future of work and it's still unraveling. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, in Recruitment Week, the great resignation, we tend to term it the, uh, the great awakening because it's being led by employees saying, actually, I don't need to put up with this or there's other opportunities or I value my work-life balance better, whatever that awakening enlightenment moment is. Um, and yeah, absolutely, it's still certainly continuing. Uh, I really enjoyed your insights there, uh, Marcelo. I'm glad you shared them with me. I'm going to bring it back to payroll just, just for a minute. So I want to make sure that people listening are really clear on the offering remote give. And now you may be able to tell me there's more than two, but typically in my experience, payroll providers usually in the global world take one of two forms. You're either a partner-dependent global payroll service or you're an owned entity global payroll service. But I wondered, I'm assuming I'm correct in that, in that assumption, I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit about each type of payroll provider option that might be out there and potentially the advantages and pitfalls of each or, or in particular, of course, the, uh, the solution that uh, the remote provide. Yeah, so well, we provide both as well as support contractors. So essentially, company can just manage the whole workforce with us uh, and payroll as well, in all aspects of it, uh, indeed. So the biggest change is that if you want to hand over everything, 
you can just hand over everything. Like you come to remote, you hire the people, go through the platform, just invite them. They go through an onboarding and we we make it happen, right? You pay a bill at the end of the month. Sure. Um, you see like a detailed extract of, all right, I paid $10,000 in salaries and 200 was in benefits. So like a breakdown of all the things. There's one side, right? You don't have to care anything about anything else. And that is it. And then you have typically companies where they think, well, but I have such a big uh, workforce in this country that I don't really want to pipe all my business or business management aspects of, of payroll and, and taxes through a company like remote because I think I get benefits, uh, tax benefits, for instance, uh, locally if I do it or for whatever reason, yeah, even yeah. economical reasons as well. So what companies do, like, of course, usually this happens with big companies where they or have a very forceful reason to open an entity. They go to a country, they create a company structure there with all the work that it entails. And they, all of a sudden, what they, they realize is, of course, now I, I can employ people. Great. I can draft a contract, a working contract myself, but now I need someone to process this. I need someone to register people in social security or do the calculations so I can pay them. And in that sense, it's a, almost a difference between autopilot and I'm going to take the wheel and yeah. but the car still does the pedals, right? It's, it's roughly the same. And, you know, to us offering these two options, it is still revealing how much work in product and automation and infrastructure you have to put in because even the existing incumbent solutions are super outdated, right? Are not ready even for the companies are adventurous and financially savvy enough to set up their own entities and just go for like local payroll. Even that is not sufficient, right? Even the most evolved, there's maybe one to two countries in the world that are have good enough software solutions that do this, uh, but the rest not really. Jumping on the back of what you've just mentioned there, you mentioned as well earlier in the show that you're in 70 countries now, so just over 70 countries. If I'm, a, if I'm a company that has employees spread across the globe, maybe the, some of those are in countries that you're not currently involved in with at the minute. It's going to be a two-part question, really. One is what would be your, your answer to that company if it's, it is an entity in the region you're not, where, not, not involved in, but also the long-term goal of remote. Are, is your long-term ambition to be in every single country? Because to my mind, and I may be incorrect if I say this out there, I don't think there's any global supply yet that it's truly in every single country. Maybe remote will be the first, if that's your ambition. I'd love to know a little bit more about the countries perhaps you're not involved in, because in my experience, there and I can name lots of different global payroll providers, they do a very good service in the big countries, the UK, US, the ones that have established where huge numbers of employees will be based. But actually, when you deal with those that are based in, you know, somewhere in Africa or, or somewhere further afield, actually, they don't have the same capability. And I understand that because the investment to, to get to that level of capability may not always be worthwhile. So I'd love to know a little bit more about the ambitions of remote. And in particular, if I'm a client that has one of those long-tail country employees, yeah. what would your, be your reaction to that? So I'm going to reverse the question. So answering the last one first. Out of principle, yes, we want to cover the whole world as part of our roadmap, which is also live at countries.remote.com. And that's a simple answer, right? In principle, yes. Yeah. Now, of course, in terms of ROI, some countries out of 70 are really long tail. 
that means our operation there is not even compared like the size of the operations doesn't compare to the top 30 uh, sure. countries but it out of matter of a principle and ability to expand and to build upon a, a global framework that is very much uh, mission right so non non-debatable may take longer or faster depending on the country or the need for it what will be glo uh, around the world now going to the first question we have that happens actually quite often customers come to us and they, most of the cases they we really offer uh, what they're looking for within the 70 countries at early days not really they came to us and we were always like only in like 10 countries so you know they always had that one off and the feeling is they want to have it in one single platform right yeah. they don't want to expand into you know multiple providers and something that gives them a lot more work now there they have two options always one is we don't want to go through the way of uh just partnering up it's not part of our ethos and honestly to propagate what already existed in the world which was bad honestly you're going to take a huge long time to come back to your customers every time there's a problem yeah. you you're not an expert you're just relaying answers you're leaving a huge margin money a lot of money on the table and you're supporting other businesses and wasting time not really focusing on what your mission is and so to us it, it wasn't core it still isn't core and we don't really believe in that if ever we have to do it for any reason well of course we'll do it if if, if fundamentally forced to but it is not our first second or third options and you have two choices one is you either work with remote and another partner we have a lot of businesses that do this um out of principle and then typically migrate everything back to remote uh, until uh, we're, we're covering all those countries or you literally just hire a contractor so i see that's what we've seen so far and of course you have that capability to hire contractors very easily based on the work <laughs> that you do in the business you do a couple of questions just left and one thing uh, for listeners to hold on to i am going to ask uh, myself in just a moment to tell us a little bit about the remote for good and remote for refugees campaigns which i think are really interesting uh, to talk about before we do just going to keep the last question related to payroll really which is I wonder if you could just give our listeners some best practices for global payroll for them to consider. Whether they have it in-house, whether they do use an external partner, are there some, some trends or some tips that you've seen along your journey getting to where you are now that would actually be really beneficial for them to take away to really help improve their own global payroll process? Payroll is way more important than sending people money or presenting a payslip. The reason why I say this is that often when we're just on the inside of things and just heads down doing our work, you forget that that's how people live. Like if you miss a calculation, if you fail to pay someone, if something is wrong, that person may not have enough money to feed their family or pay the mortgage or pay their taxes. It's very easy for you to forget. Very early there's a remote. We were so busy trying to handle all the new business that someone would send an inquiry saying why is my payslip like this and you're like oh this is a question we will get to it and then you would take like a week to answer uh, sometimes two weeks to answer because it's just a question you just want to uh a person just wants to know what a payslip means i know but you forget that there's a lot of anxiety on the other end yeah, and when you're talking about money it is one of the things that triggers people's anxiety the most so it's it's a lot of responsibility 
And I've always felt that it was super important for people handling this kind of business to really, for one, dog food, and second, fill in the shoes. Put yourself on the other side. That is the most important lesson I've learned. Let go of the your assumptions, your because this new world of distributed work, remote work, demands quite a different level of, of dedication or even excellence. Yeah. No, I think that's a very articulate way of putting it. And actually, um, I'm a fan of psychology. There is a there's a theory there that when you the things that trigger you, one way to try and react to those triggers is just before you react, is to say, what would I do if I was them? And that's with all the learnings, the education, the economic profiling, everything else. If I was that individual that's triggered me, who sent me this inquiry, before I react to it, what would I have written if I was them? And I think you've articulated that very well. And I think you've really brought it back to the essence of what payroll is really all about and the impact it can have on, on individuals. Uh, so a fantastic response there, Marcelo. Thanks for sharing that with us. Last question before we jump into the, the, the good stuff from what we're doing here. And I have to ask you, being an entrepreneur, being involved in startups and technology and now the world of global payroll and remote workforces, all these things, the future of work, which is so exciting. What do you think the future of payroll looks like? I was going to say five years from now. Maybe that's too far in the distant future. I'll let you pick the time frame. But what does the future of payroll look like to you? Self-service. You know, to me, it has to be self-service. In our journey building remote, one of the things is clear on a day-to-day the payroll specialists, the operational people, they have a center stage in all of this. So it's not enough that they just do their work and then hand over. But it's important that whatever product you're building is built around them as well. So it's not just around your customers, your employees, the people you employ through your platform, but it's around these professionals as well. I like to think of it, geek as I am, it's like an Ironman suit, you know, the payroll specialist has way more impact based on their own knowledge of the matter because they're the subject matter experts than you know, just punching a few numbers into a platform and extracting something out of it. Way more. That, uh, most people think, well, payroll specialists sit in front of a computer with a crappy old software and they punch a few numbers <laughs> in and something comes out and Excel sheets and whatnot. Just it's a tiny bit. You know, it's like you judging a surgeon by the scalpel. You know, it's just the tip of the iceberg and so it has been super important that all these tools around these people elevate them so that they can spend their time in the things that really really matter right in making sure that we provide the comfort and the know-how not just to the employees but the employers that often they really get fidgety and they want to know and they want to be certain and you have to hold their hand and say well we got this and not like yeah i put the numbers um, payslip is this bye talk to you later sure that's not it and so there's a lot of opportunity i feel that for all these tools payslip calculations and stuff to become more self-serve so that the specialists can really be specialists um, they're not just you know number punching people and that's what i feel has to be the the biggest change in this space excellent fantastic now of course right in my introduction i said one of the uh the key missions, if you like, for remote is to allow companies to focus on their most important asset, which is their people. Now, it's worth me mentioning here because not all businesses do this, right? So when someone, a business does do something good, I think it's worth shouting about. 
You've got a couple of programs that, that remote are running at the minute. One is Remote for Good. Uh, one is Remote for Refugees. I'm going to put links to both of these in the show notes. So if anyone's interested in finding out more, please do go and have a look. There's a remote.com forward slash social purpose and remote.com forward slash remote for refugees. But I wonder if you could just bring those two programs to life for the listeners to uh, tell us a little bit more about the uh, the culture as well, I think, behind the brand. Yeah. You know, this, this new trend, this new revolution of work pushed everyone and everything. Yeah. But within this, there's either opportunities that are not fulfilled or organizations that are not served because they don't have the capacity the capacity to buy these solutions right it's not cheap it is essential it's fundamental but it's not cheap like you still consider it uh, something you have to pay for so at the end of the day organizations also have to go remote we saw so many opportunities going around the world of people wanting wanting to go work for nonprofit organizations and and uh, entities that just work in social care and things like that, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> um, and how can't you not help, right? And so, as I said, remote work is just the beginning, the first step into the future of work. We have an infrastructure that we built through a lot of work that can support a lot of people in need across the world and the organizations that help these people as well. So we help both ends. So through organizations that can nonprofit usually that can just reach out and we'll help them do it. And remote for refugees uh, where companies can employ refugees through us at no cost. We take care of all the management fees and you just pay salaries and that's it. And we've done a lot of work. Like these initiatives are not just, you know, coupons. They entail a lot of work from a big team to support, to help, to advise. Uh, these people are often forcefully displaced. They land in a new country. They don't speak the language. They can't register themselves in whatever entity they're forced to register themselves. So we help them do this. We help the companies go through it. Uh, we help the organizations go through it as well and all of them to understand what are their options. We have a great mobility team as well that helps people migrate to another country, check first uh, whether they are eligible and work with the local entities to make sure that everything is taken care of. And very importantly, we work with a lot of different governments across the world that reach out to us to, for one, understand what is the impact of remote work and government sure. management. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to, delighted to be able to help push this forward. But secondly, pave the way for remote work. So we're essentially also doing a lot of work for our competitors, not just us. Uh, yep. But I'm happy happy to do it in in any case, shape, or form because we all win. Right? The mission doesn't change just because others all are benefiting, because the people are who benefit the most, and that is the most important part. You see, well, it's incredibly commendable. Um, I think I mentioned uh, to, to your colleague before getting onto the show, Marcelo. We're going to share the. Um, Remote for Refugees link in our newsletters at JJ Recruitment as well and try and share that message. I think it's fantastic uh, work that you're doing. So I hope that brings a little bit more traction and a little bit more visibility to the, to, to the charitable project, which I think is great. Entering the vault. Last but not least, before we close the show, we're just going to open the vault. So three short, sharp questions for you, just to keep the listeners list yeah. uh, uh, guessing in the last bit here. So the first one is this. One piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now? Look forward, don't look back. If you start like this work now, or if you've been here for a while, uh, this business area is filled with preconceptions, with things that don't change and haven't changed. Keep asking why. 
Perfect. If you had the power of foresight and you could change the entire global payroll industry with one action or improvement, and I might know what this is, what action or improvement would that be? Oh, wow. I would make it exactly the same across the world. All processes for payroll, you know, social security, deductions, I would make it like one fell swoop, all the same across the world. Perfect. Makes, it, makes everyone's lives a little bit easier. And last but not least, a bit of fun. If payroll was a song or a movie, and I know you've quoted a couple of movies during today's show as well, uh, what song or would it be, or movie would it be, and why? If payroll was a movie or a song, oh my God, I have to pick a good one. You've quoted two superheroes, I think, during the course of the episode. We had Iron Man, I think it was. As a yeah, you know, Spider Man, I, I think, was the second quote. I would say Avengers Endgame. You know, uh, for <laughs> you know, for the geeks that know it, the final battle is literally fighting everything at the same time, handling everything at the same time, trying to save the world and doing everything. You know, against time passing. So I'd say it's, some days it feels very much like it. You know, you have to, you you have to save save the good guys fight the evil ones and put a smile on your face at the same time. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I think you put a smile on a few Paola's faces that response as well, Marcelo. Avengers Assemble, I think. It's a yeah. brilliant way to close the show. Listen, Marcelo, uh, thank you so much for joining me today on the Paola Podcast. Of course, for those interested in finding out more, please do go to remote.com. Please do check out those amazing two programs we've just discussed. There's also a partnership program on there as well. All of those links are direct in the show notes, so no need to go. Just click on the show notes from this episode and you can go straight through to that. There's also some amazing blogs and content and resources to find at remote.com as well. So whether you're interested in, in working with them or not, it's worth visiting the site just to access some of those tools. And of course, if you are a payroll leader listening to this podcast, and you have a global payroll-related vacancy that you need some specialist recruitment support with, please do get in touch with either myself or any of my wonderful team at jgarecruitment.com. And that link will also be in the show notes. So it just leads me to say a huge thank you again to Marcelo for joining me today. Thank you to all of you for listening to the show. I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marcelo. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.